Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is Connor Hallway of the Golden Hours Podcast. On Instagram, I'm at Big Bochi. And hey, this is a GDP Minute. Listen, I just had Alex Fabonio of NOCA up on the show. NOCA is a non-carbonated spiked still water. So it's not like a White Claw or a Truly or all those fruity girl drinks you see on the beach. This one has no bubbles. And so it's a startup. I've been totally fascinated by people starting up businesses. It's just because we're kind of starting up a business over here. I'd like to grow this podcast into a big business. And um, he kind of just described feeling frustrated and stifled in his big finance job with his two partners. And then just saying, hey, man, let's start this product. We know that nobody else is really doing it besides one competitor. Let's fire it up. In terms of value, two big takeaways. One, for everyone stuck in a corporate job they hate, Alex was too. And he said, hey, man, listen, if you want to make it work, if you want to make it happen, make sure you're do or die with it. If you put your back up against the wall, usually the pressure will either burst the pipes or build the diamonds. Sorry about the delay in response there. I'm talking to nobody in this empty studio. Also, he described how he's infiltrated markets and what his day-to-day is like. So he pretty much hits up wholesalers all day and says, hey, listen, my product's growing. I'd love to have you on the shelves. And there was a lot of business talking there in terms of branding and how he can differentiate his product in the White Claw and Truly market and how he's going to have to change his branding strategy now that summer is ending and it's a traditionally a summer drink. But listen, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you get any sort of value from the episode, please share it with a friend. Sh- just share the podcast. The podcast is actually growing really fast. And uh, I'm grateful for everybody that's been tuning in. We've been working really hard over here. So hope you enjoy. Sam Sutherland is editing this episode. Sammy, take it away, brother. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. I have not the Noka boys, but I have the Noka <laughs> boy in the building. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And is it Alex Fabonio? That's right, yep. Are you Italian? Yeah, I am, yeah. Definitely. Fire. Yeah. Dude, so real quick, I had my cousin, as I was telling, telling you, he went to UNH. He was just like scrolling through his Instagram feed like three months ago. And he was like, dude, there are these kids out of UNH who have this like drink startup. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, word, that's fire. Like I, I wanted to like get, have, get more guests up in business. And he was like, yeah, um, they were all like hating their finance jobs. For some reason, he had known the backstory and they just figured, hey, let's whip up a company and try to get this thing started. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not that simple. No, that's actually pretty close. So. But uh so I was like, dude, I got to get these dudes on the show. So thank you for coming, bro. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Do you want to kind of just give a quick synopsis of who you are and what you do? Yeah. So um, I graduated from UNH in 2016. Um, I went off and did finance like my two partners did. So I did wealth management for a while and then hotel acquisitions here, uh, both locally in Boston. My two partners went off and did investment banking. One went to Chicago, Piper Jeffries, and the other one went to Goldman Sachs in New York. And these are your boys from college? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Rich, who's at Goldman, I actually roomed with. Funny enough, his house got robbed at gunpoint. Uh, Good God. Yeah. And, Where do you live on campus? <laughs> I lived in, uh, what the hell was it? Like Park Court. Mad, Mad Court. Mad Court area. So where the hockey house used to be or still is, I think. But, it's haunted. Yeah, right. So he lived there, actually. And um, his house literally got robbed at gunpoint. Um and so he grabbed this mattress and I like lived 300 feet up the street and he kind of just like moved in with me because one of my roommates moved in with his girlfriend at the time. So, um, but yeah, so that's kind of how, I mean, I was met rich before that. We're all in this thing called the Atkins investment group. So it's basically like stock picking kind of gets, gets you like it was in, a club at school. Yeah. Okay. Right. It was actually technically a class, um, class club type deal, kind of like a, but it was like the high performers. Yeah, People like wanted yeah, to make some money. Right. It was the finance yeah, areas, basically. So um, yeah, so Galen actually was the first one to take the leap. He left his job in call it August and just was like putting his mind to finding some sort of business idea. He was looking at everything from like toiletries to, to alcoholic beverages, like the healthier ready to drink area. He was just kind of fascinated by startups and yeah, like wanting to yeah, do a product. Right. Okay. And so he, we all kind of like had exposure to the same 
industry in a way like working in wealth management like my clients for anywhere from whatever 20 to a billion dollars in net worth so it was kind of that same like they were most of them were entrepreneurs on some level whether it's real estate they started their own companies whatever it was and so he had that same exposure doing investment banking a lot of his clients were selling their companies to major corporations Word, okay so we all kind of had that drive to be on the other side of the table mm-hmm. you know what i mean i feel you and so um my mother's in wealth management oh really she reiterates things like that a lot yeah because she was she says like you know to be a great wealth manager obviously people get into it for financial reasons but to be a great wealth manager you have to want to be like a good coach for the most part but she was like sometimes i want to be the player and run my own thing Mm -hmm. i'm sure it's similar sentiment yeah yeah it's it's similar to that i mean it's it's a very interesting industry to see it because it's these people live like here and the rest of us are down here Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's kind of what drove us i guess you could say so galen kind of landed on the idea i remember galen called me he's like all right hear me out like gonna sound a little ridiculous but what if we did an alcoholic water and his whole reasoning was... And you were like, dude, shut up. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. At the time, I was like, mm, kind of lukewarm in this idea. Like, got a couple other ideas bounced around. I just... I had started my job, my new job, like three months prior. So... This was also wealth management? No, this was hotel acquisitions. So basically, like, underwriting hotel deals. So if a hotel sells in the seaport, like, what's it worth? You know, staffing it, stuff like that. And you were the one setting up the contract. I was the one who basically underwrote the model and then my manager would obviously like review it and whatever. So it was, I mean, it was interesting. It was basically like staffing everything down to like how many house cleaners do we need? How many waiters in the restaurant all the way up to like, what's our occupancy on a daily basis and what's the, what they call rev par, which is basically your occupancy times your nightly rate, which gives you your top line revenue. It just, I won't bore you with the details. That goes over my head, man. I'm not the numbers guy. Yeah, no. So it was like thousands of line items in this model but interesting stuff good to know but wasn't for me i think i was pretty much checked out on finance um and so yeah i mean galen he had the idea and we were like all right let's let's run it let's run at it and i know remember when i put like my first like thousand bucks of many into it and we had to like can you rewind real quick before Mm -hmm. you move, move ahead yeah so you switch from wealth management to hotel acquisition why you were just sick of the old stuff or Uh, so probably something i mean obviously i don't change anything i wouldn't change anything i've done but um i had a really good job in wealth management decent progression Mm -hmm. um fit in really well with the firm and this is some like a lesson that if anybody going to a career uh they should they should probably listen to this one but you cannot like trade culture for a position i mean once you switch that it's just like if it's not the right culture it can make make a break yeah yeah i get it and so, so you were killing it at the company, but you just hated. Yeah, I mean, we, I was doing well there. I, I uh, decent progression, like I said. I mean, I was involved with a lot of different projects. I loved everybody I worked with. It was pretty sad to actually leave there, but I wanted something. Rich and Galen, my best friends, and they were doing investment banking, so it was like this sexy, like transactions, cutthroat. You know, people. Say, yeah, well, it's like the ca- people who get into investment banking just love the chaos. Right. 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 The high stakes. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I did. I moved to this other firm, which I'll not name, but... So you were just bored as hell. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't even know if I was bored. I just wanted like a new adventure. Okay. Um, and so I took the leap and I did it. And I think at that point, like... So I took one of the CFAs, uh, the first level in senior year of college, and I took the second one, um, whatever called, like two years later. So the CFA, for reference, is the Series 7 we're talking? No, that's the Chartered Financial Analyst. So it's like you have your CPA, which is what accountants take, and then if you yep. want to do your CFA. Seabass and I are familiar. We're probably our only friends who didn't go big corporate, mm-hmm. and now we're sitting in the back of a warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> so hey, you know what? It got turned out. <laughs> so, yeah, that... Um, CFA is a, it's a doozy. It's it's pretty okay. crazy. So it's um it, you basically study for six months <laughs> and then take like a six seven hour exam. And what type of license does that give you? It doesn't give you any license. It just gives you like a certification. It's basically like <laughs> sounds you beat. know finance <laughs> stuff. So um so I took level one and two. After level two, I was just kind of like, I mean, I don't know. Is this for me? I mean, I I I guess rewinding really far back. Um, I grew up on my dad. My dad has a car store. And so I kind of grew up. So you, New Hampshire? Yeah, New Hampshire. And so a little like mom and pop car store, nothing major. But I kind of grew up on the car store, buying and selling cars at the auction, working with my dad. And 
pretty much working for myself. I never really had, I didn't go work at the grocery store or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like you were making money doing your own thing growing exactly, up. Exactly. Right. And so to, I mean, to go and move into a career, it was, it was good for a few years, but I think I got that itch again. Like I want to do something entrepreneurial. Um, and you know, that, that's kind of where it all stemmed from, I guess mm-hmm. I would say I'm jumping around a little bit here, but um, to, to kind of move back into to how things evolved. So I was working at that hotel. This is in the seaport. In, yeah, in the seaport financial district area. And um, I think to, to my point, like I just kind of was, Galen had kind of put this idea in my head. Um, we were working on it part time when we weren't at work. Well, at least Rich and I were. Galen was full time on it. And we were like deep in the development. And it got to the point where we we're like, we need to raise money because this thing needs to go to market. And one of the biggest things for us that was like, we're onto something was at the time we were the only person that we knew of that you could find on the internet that was thinking about doing a spiked water, non-carbonated. A still water. Right, exactly. A spiked still water. So like, think like truly White Claw, just no bubbles in it. Yeah, so real quick before we move on, can you totally clarify the difference? Yes. Yes. Because I'm sure you have to do this all the time. Yes. So Seabass, make sure you, Seabass will probably be housing these at, by the end yeah, of the episode. I got so. some in my bag if you want some. Oh, word. Uh, so basically... That's exactly what it is. We said, you know, we really like the truly white claw movement towards healthier drinks that are light, you know, and the white chicks on the beach. Yeah. Right. And now the guys love white claws. It's like the <laughs> fat in the world. You, you love white claw. Then you're going to love Noka, man. Yeah. yeah. Let's hope so. So I got Noka in my cup. You just don't <laughs> know it. So, um, yeah, that's basically what it is. Essentially. It's like we took a white claw and we took the carbonation out of it, but there's, you know, there's other factors into it. Obviously we have our own recipe that we, we had come up with with a company in California. Um, and it has more flavor than you would expect from like a white claw. So you, you do have a little bit more of a craving for it than, mm-hmm. than you, I would say you'd have for like a seltzer because we originally had a drink where it was like really light and you could sip it and you could drink it super fast. But then, you know, we have a lot of great advisors working you know with us. Uh, who are also investors, and one of them was really high up in like PepsiCo and all these places doing um, beverages. And she's like, "Is somebody going to go and crave this drink?" Um, and so we so, basically so you put a little heroin in. Yeah, it or we t- yeah, we turned we turned the flavor up, right? We used um, we used stevia. So basically, I'll give you the super high level on the drink. It's 95 calories, two grams of sugar, three carbs. Everything's natural, organic. It's ketogenic. Yes, there's I mean, which there's, is wild. Yeah. There's nothing, there's basically nothing in it that's artificial. We don't use preservatives. Um, and so the big thing that happened to us was we were working on this development and then we saw this news article that the same company that makes um, Genesee, Seagram's, yada, 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 uh, they launched Puristil, Spike Still Water. How did you, you said a Genesee? Genesee, yeah. Genesee. I thought it was Janice. I <laughs> thought it was Janice. I think it's Genesee. Yeah, you talking about like Cream Ale? Like, like the ulcer creator? How do you say it? Genesee? I, that's how you pronounce it. I remember like freshman year of college, like I know you, I know you for like two weeks and you were like, yeah, I got the Genesee. And I was like, no, I think I was saying I got the Janice. Janice. That's right. Yeah, you're saying totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I got that classy stuff. It's $14 for the 30. Right, yeah. No, it's it's definitely Genesee. But, uh, okay, word. <laughs> well, well yeah, if you're offering yeah. it to a shorty, you say, yo, I got the. I got the Janice. Yeah, right. It's a little bit classier. <laughs> so. Uh, so continue, my fault. No, no worries. So, um, yeah, they launched Puristil, which is basically the same exact thing. Okay. Same concept, I'll say. Very different products. As Noka. Yes. Very different products, though. But for us, that was like, okay, this company does $1.2 billion a year in revenue. They just decided to launch a Spike Stillwater nationally in every Walmart all over the country. Like, we're onto something. Like, they dumped millions of dollars of research into launching this company before they launched it. And so we took that as we need to be fast followers. Like we need to get to market with a superior product. And so just really quickly, the difference between our two products and please not to like trash on pure or anything, but, but they are the competitor. They are the competitor. Yeah. So basically our product is everything in its natural organic. There's nothing artificial. They use a preservative. We pasteurize our product. Um, they came, they started in a glass bottle. Funny enough, they moved to cans after we launched, but we're in the sleek cans. They're in like the chubby cans. You're in like an Izzy can. Right. You know, Izzy. You're familiar. So I'm in, we're in like a white clock. Yeah. Yeah. Can. Okay. Yeah. And so they're in like the traditional like Bud Light like, mm-hmm. can. Um, and also on top of that, like our base is completely different than theirs. They're a malt based beverage. So they're not naturally gluten free. Um, we are because we're in a, f- a fermented cane sugar, which is the same thing that like white claw uses. Mm-hmm. 
um, for their base. So basically we, we wanted to build a drink that could compete on price, but at the same time had the top quality ingredients, like the best ingredients we can get on. And you'll, you guys can crack them later and you'll, you'll like smell it. But when you smell and taste it, everything on your palate is like a natural organic ingredient. So it's not like we tossed in some artificial, like mm-hmm. really strong flavoring. It's, it's all it comes from a powder or liquid concentrate basically. So real quick to clarify, just so you're very straightforward, can you explain what the word still water means? Yeah, still water is no bubbles. It's just put. water. Yeah, no bubbles. It's completely. It's like when you go to a restaurant, fancy restaurant, they go spiked or, or they go. Uh, what do they say? Um, sparkling or still, right? You know the difference there. It's the same concept. So it's mm-hmm. still. There's no carbonation, so there's no bloating. You can drink it ridiculously fast. Think of like a Propel or. Vitamin I was gonna water. say it's like it's like G two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So with four and a half percent alcohol. Yeah, and so, no sugars. Right. Two. Well, two grams of sugar, but yeah. Like low sugar low sugar yeah was that are any of you guys into the ketogenic diet no no did they say that afterwards like dude i've heard, I've heard i can drink this it. on the yeah. keto yeah yeah people have definitely said well because keto is wildly popular right now what's actually really nice about this episode is that we um i've had two people up in the last like four weeks who also have product startups so mm-hmm. i had a guy who runs um his name is nick he runs a ketogenic brownie company and I had another guest who runs a protein-based coffee company. Mm-hmm. And they were all saying, like, pretty much your business and their business, they all started and brought it to market immediately because they saw the niche because another competitor was jumping right. on it. So how long did you guys have the idea before we were like, all right, man, it's time to go. Let's get this thing. Let's get this thing running. Yeah. So we had the idea. I would say September. The idea was like, we're pushing this forward. We're going to start development. We took. So it's been, so it's been a year. Yeah, pretty much now. Congrats, so, man. Thank you. Yeah. It's, you feel like f- ten years older. Yeah, I'm no. sure. It, actually, it's been, it's been a wild ride. It's it's been fun. So I mean, I was sitting in a cube for whatever fifty to eighty hours a week, and now I'm kind of like just roaming. Hustling, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. just out there selling accounts and things like that. So. Um, but yeah, we, so we started in September, let's say like, that was like, boom, we're doing this thing. Um, and then we were like three or four months of beverage development. So getting different samples and developing our recipe and then, and so, yeah, how did you have the knowledge in the first place to have any sort of backing about this would, this, these are the ingredients we should put into a drink. This is like what a nice product would be. Was it all based on experience? You guys went to UNH. I'm sure you guys were yeah. housing drinks. Like, no, I think we just were like, we wanted something simple. We wanted you to be able to read the nutrition label and not need to be a scientist. You know what I mean? So, uh, and that's what we expressed to our beverage development house. So this, this guy's really good. He knew, he knew his stuff. And so we gave him like these guidelines where we want to be from a nutrition standpoint, all of these things. And, uh, he just kind of ran with it and, and developed the flavors. So. So, it's Galen, right? I'm saying yeah, that right. Galen, yep. So Galen has this idea. When you guys had started, were you ever like, "Dude, maybe we should try a different product"? Because alcohol seems like that'd be a that's like a contentious product to start off with yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. Like, do you ever face regulations and stuff oh, from yeah. people like yeah. DUIs, yeah. stuff like that? Uh, that part of it really, we don't have much liability there. I mean, once you consume, it's your choice to consume and, and what you're doing, but, um, there's definitely way more regulation around it. I mean, everything has to be approved by like the government, our formula had to be approved, our labels, all these things had to be, uh, approved by the government to basically go to shelves. And then every state has their own regulations around. It's probably such a bitch. Yeah, yeah it is. So, uh, and Massachusetts have, is one of the worst, right? Yeah. Massachusetts is tough. Um, definitely is tough. So that one was, was interesting, but we, we have a Massachusetts specific like legal firm that if we have a question, we call them because the guy who's like, used to be the head of the alcohol board. So oh, he's pulling some strings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, uh, I like that. yeah, he, he's, uh, he knows what he's talking about. So it's definitely all about like using people in your networks. Um, funny enough, like we went to, I don't know if we're digressing here, but so we went to UNH and when Galen had the idea, we found a guy locally. I don't know if you guys have read Stoneface beer. So you've, asked, you've, had, you've had stone face right <laughs> no surprise there yeah so pete is uh the founder of stone face unh guy and he worked with us from the start i mean he was super nice like texting us letting us know like you know come by the brewery i'll, I'll sit down and talk with you I'll guys walk you through it yeah so he helped us a ton i mean he was just being able to pick someone's brain who's like done this before is obviously huge to like jump hurdles and, and not make stupid mistakes and so then he ended up hooking us up with 
the guy who distributes his product at New Hampshire Distributors, um, Tyler, is like his family basically founded the company. And uh, he's also a unique guy. So he met with us in January. So this is a month after Pure is still launched, but, you know, whatever, three or four months before we launched. And we met with him with like a concept sheet and said, here's what we got. Like, would you take this product on? And the key to the kingdom really with alcohol is distribution. And because it's a three-tier system, it's, it's, we make it, we sell it to the distributor, the distributor sells it to the stores and the stores sell it to the retailer or to the customer. Okay. So like Martinetti company would be a distributor. Yes. So you guys make the product with your factory and then you have to go, you have to go make the pitch to Martinetti saying, Hey man, I got a new SKU. I want you to take it. And they're probably like, okay, we'll take it for this price. And you say, well, no, take it for this price. And then they're already so connected that they go sell it to the New Hampshire state store. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that works that way for any, got it. Any alcohol. So, so you, you could never go directly to the retailer. No, no. What is it? I mean, so there's, if you're like a small brewery, there's exceptions, I think. And if you only produce a certain amount, then you can self distribute. But, um, for what we see this company being like, we want this thing to be like the next white claw, whatever. So, we don't, we weren't going to just go there. Like we want to be able to, everything we've built around this company is basically build it, build it so it can scale. You got it. Um, I can tell, man, you got that finance brain boy. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. We're grinding away. So, uh, yeah. So Tyler was a huge help. He just basically said like, we don't have a product like this. This, we think this is innovation in the space. If you guys can execute this, cause bear in mind, we didn't have a sample or anything. We just said, this is our idea. We did have the marketing, um, and For, from the agency. Yeah. Right. And so he said, give me a call when you guys are ready to like push this thing forward. And so we finalized our product and say late January after we met with him, um, fast forward like a month or two, he met with us with his whole team at his facility and we kind of gave him the drink and we also brought Pure still with us. Um, and so we poured them all Pure still and then we poured them all our product and everybody was just like, this is, this is, we're in. So they're like, dude, I'm drunk. Yeah. Right. So, um, that was, that was huge. Cause you know, we could have gone to that meeting. They could have not loved the product and you know, you're naturally biased. It's my product. So mm-hmm. I might think it's great, but I mean, and we tested it a decent amount, but some people might think it's horrible. Um, but to go into that meeting and kind of get that confirmation that, yeah, this is, this is a really good product. It's go time. Yeah. Right. And so we did, um, a taste testing at UNH and, the way that we did it, we did it in the wine tasting class. So call it 70 kids. And we, Galen and I were out back. We didn't like tell them who we were, what we were doing. Um, and the teacher didn't let them know either, but we had three clear pictures basically. And we had truly pure still and Noka and we just handed it out and we did like a five star rating based on like taste and stuff like that. And, uh, Noka actually scored, I think it was 30% higher than truly on a satisfaction scale. And it's like 62% higher than pure still. So that was kind of for us. This dude, yeah. Alex really wants to wipe out all the competition. Yeah. So we were, have uh, you always been competitive? Yeah. No, I mean, but it, it was, I guess that wasn't really so much from a competitive standpoint. I mean, some people might love Pierre still. No, the, well, this is, this is totally irrelevant to even what you were saying, but have you always been a competitive dude? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And were you ever an athlete growing up? I never did. Uh, the most competitive I ever was, was probably in high school. I was training pretty heavily for, um, I was boxing, so I was gonna I was gonna do like golden gloves or whatever, but Yeah, so you're a psycho like me. Yeah. You felt stifled growing up because you were whack at sports and yeah, now it's like yeah. now you're in business and it's like, all right, I found my sport, yeah. right? You feel that way? <laughs> yeah, no, I was not the sports kid. I was like all the athletes. I was not with that crowd. I feel you. Yeah. Dude, I I see it everywhere now. People who were never exceptional athletes growing up are now the ones who want to be successful the most. It's right. awesome. Yeah. So, so at what point did you realize you're like, okay, I kinda have uh, I kind of have a skill in business and I understand how businesses work. Do you, was it just working at the auto shop or excuse me, the auto sales shop? Yeah, I think that, I think that was one of them. I mean, I did, I didn't really well in, in business school. I'm um, sure you had high honors. I'm sure you were yeah, wiping them out. Yeah, no, I did. I did well in business school too. And, and obviously I passed a couple levels of the CFA, which is more finance than I guess business, but um, same concept. I just kind of knew, so many lessons that I learned just being at the car store, like that I feel like most people just wouldn't learn mm-hmm. about like negotiating. And I mean, used car salesmen have like a really bad rep, but I mean, this is like a little family shop that I still work with my dad. Um, now actually I just do, uh, we import cars from Japan, like Japan, like RX sevens and skylines and stuff. Um, but 
I mean, that was huge. Yeah, you need practical experience like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's huge because, you know, I could have got experience, like I said, working a traditional teenage job, but my dad would just leave me at the car store and go, all right. Give you autonomy. Right, yeah. Fend for yourself, sell some stuff. And, you know, I did really well there. I made a lot of money as, as a teenager, which was good because I kind of got a taste of the fact that, like, it's kind of like the eat what you kill mentality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're either you're selling or you're not. Were you ever like, I just don't want to go to college because I don't know if this is even going to be applicable? No, I was always, um, since high school, I was like kind of obsessed over like trading stocks and finance. And I thought that that was like going to be my thing. And then as time went on, I kind of realized that it's more gambling than it is yeah. trading stocks. I mean, there's some people out there who claim that they can day trade, but I mean, what's, maybe they do. What's been your biggest... What's been your biggest weakness in in business? Because like traditionally, so for instance, I've seen a lot of I've thrown like really big events in the city and caught some big wins. But my most terrible asset is I'm terrible at accounting. Mm-hmm. Do you have a weak point? Are you like kind of a good numbers guy? Are you not as good on the marketing? I would say. Uh, what are Rich, you working on? Rich and Galen are really the numbers guys. I think I apply most of what I learned from doing this, this car thing and, and business school in general and, and sales. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I like to go close accounts. So like go talk to like major restaurants and bring them the product and pitch them and like follow up like that. And you love the product. So it's easy. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of, I feel like my strong suit. I'm also do a lot of the logistics, like the trucking, a lot of the PR, right? (laughs) No PR for me. uh, We have, I mean, we, our only marketing, honestly, is, is Instagram and, and Facebook. We have a firm that does it for us. So, um, But, I mean, I did a couple of interviews up in New Hampshire. We had a lot of uh, news outlets pick up on it. But we were on, like, the Chronicle and stuff. But, um, yeah, I would say Rich and Galen are the numbers. Rich is really the finance guy. Shout out to Rich. Yeah, yeah. Rich is the model guy. He's It's a double entendre. His yeah. name's Rich. Yes, that is. Yeah, cause that's the Goldman boy. So, oh, he worked at Goldman yeah, Sachs. He, he was at Goldman on their technology investment banking team. So that was. So he really hated his guts. Yeah, it, this is. <laughs> I mean, he was. I remember when Rich was. Uh, he'd be like, "Oh, I got you know, I got Saturdays off," and I'd call him on Saturday. He'd be like, "Oh, there was an exception. I had to work," and that was like every Saturday. So he worked his ass off, but um, I think it paid off for him in the end. And and he's a huge asset, obviously, to be able to be the guy. And Galen's really good with numbers too. I shouldn't discount Galen's abilities. He's he was an eye banker too, but I didn't really have that transaction experience until the nine months I was at hotels. And Word. So yeah, so you like the sales? Yeah, I like the sales, the business development side of things. And I mean, I we I go to all the investor meetings when we're raising capital and stuff like that. So we we all kind of operate as a unit. With the best pitch is when it's the three of us together. Little biz dev. Yeah. Is it tough for you working with a team? For instance, I have a hard. I wouldn't say I have a hard time, but it's, I like autonomy in my decisions as well. Is mm-hmm. it tough bouncing things between two other kids or is it, or is your day to day like, okay, I have a million decisions I can make today to make stuff happen. We're all pretty much, uh, we're all, we like to call each other co-founders. Uh, I mean, if you split the roles, it'd probably be Galen CEO, Rich is CFO, I'm COO, but we, those aren't technical roles yet that have been assigned. We just kind of are fitting ourselves into that. Yeah, if, girl, if girls ask you the CEO, yeah, bro. Okay. Right, right, yeah, exactly. And um, so, so um, we don't really have issues. I mean, we're all like really close friends. I think one thing that's huge in anything, whether it's a relationship or like business, is communication. Like, if something's bothering you, something's annoying you, you just got to say it. Like, don't filter it, don't keep it to yourself because it just blows up in other ways. Um, and so we're really good about that. If, if there's an issue, like we just approach it and we pretty much cover every decision together for the most part. Well, yeah, that, can you elaborate on, has it been smooth sailing with you working with friends totally? Because dude, so I run a lot of, I make bounce a lot of my decisions off of my closest friend, Jack. Yeah. And dude, we, when we started, it was tough for us to work together. You haven't fa- faced any of that or? I mean, there's always going to be things that like come up that are little battles, but I don't, I can't think of a time that we've ever had like a heated debate. You've never gotten Galen in the chokehold? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I haven't. And then like two days later, or sorry, like two hours later, we're like, fine. Like it's, it's not, we just don't drag stuff out because there's just so much to focus on to like yeah drive this thing. And I mean, we, so I guess 
I can dive a little bit more into the company, but we launched in what was it? May, end of May, like last week of May. Um, and we were shooting for a hundred stores in New Hampshire and then call it like another 300 in Massachusetts. We're in like 350 in New Hampshire now and another like 350 or 300 in Massachusetts. Dude, you've been closing, boy. Let's go. Yeah. So, Come on, Alex. So yes, we're, sir. We're in like seven, 700 stores or something like That's that. That's fire. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we just got into Lansdowne last week. I went and pitched the guys. Lansdowne Pub? Yeah. So I went there. I went out with my, my, my fiance uh, to celebrate one of her like Damn, bro. Birthday. You engaged? Yeah. As of like like three weeks ago or something. <sighs> yeah. She's living fast, bro. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, well, I've been with her since like high school, like seven and a half years. Yeah, still, bro. So, Starting a company, getting engaged. Oh my yeah, god, I'm yeah, surprised your hair's not all gray. I know, I know. There's a lot going on. So, um, but yeah, so we went there, and I just was like, I can't sit in this bar right now and like have people holding white claws and not go try to like find the manager. I love that. That's fire. And so I did. It was like 11 p.m. I had like I just went out there and I was like, Hey, are you the manager? He's like, Yeah. I was like, I gotta come pitch my product to you. Following Monday, I brought the product, pitched it. They loved it. They brought it on that same week. And then uh, we went on. He sent me an email. I was like, hey, come by, come by on Saturday night. Like, promote your product a little bit. So basically what we do is like buy. Did a launch, yeah. Yeah, we'll buy cans. We'll walk around, hand them out. But uh, he put us in the beer tub. We ended up like selling out. So Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's fire. So what is your specific day-to-day like? That's a great question. It, it well, varies so much. That's something you have to kind of get over being an entrepreneur is like, especially with something like this, where it's not like I started, uh, like, I guess an example, it's not like I started a restaurant. I started like a vehicle wrapping shop or something where it's me doing the labor every single day. Like we sell our product to the distributor and then the distributor has an army of people that sell it to stores and then consumers come in and buy it. So our job is really to jump two steps down the line and market to the consumer. So it's not like every single day I get up, I go to my storefront and I'm like hustling my product because it just kind of like sells itself with our marketing. Um, so we're really focused on like developing the business. So whether that's like finding, you know, investors or new marketing strategies, new wholesalers, right? New wholesalers. Yeah. It's, it's things along those lines. So every single day is so different. Like one day I could be redesigning our packaging for a variety pack. And then like three hours later, I'm in a restaurant in Southie, like pitching my product and, and getting them to That's the most fun though, right? Yeah, yeah I'd say, yeah. Do, doing the face-to-face is by far the most fun. Yeah. But f- pretty much your goal, I'm assuming, is, all right, how can we get the product in front of more faces? 100%. And yeah. so daily, I'm sure you're looking up restaurant names, bar mm-hmm. names, like, hey, we could do this, liquor stores, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, so Galen and I, like we do a blitz basically. We did, we did one and it's, it is so hard to get in these restaurants, by the way. Like it's not, there's so many regulations, dude. Yeah. But it's also, it's not even the regulations. Just these guys don't want to reprint their menus. They don't want to try anything new. Like they're like, why would I take on your product? White Claw sells like 15, 30 cases on a Saturday, which is like, cause dude, it's Noka. Right. So that's what we've been working on. So like Caskin on Wednesday will be a Caskin sampling. Um, you're talking sea bass language. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. So if you guys want to come by cask and we'll be there sampling on Wednesday. Um, and it's, it's really just like, you just got to keep like follow up, follow up, follow up and just have so much grit. Like, be annoying. Be persistent. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way you can do it. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people appreciate it. There's, I don't want to name it yet. Cause we're not in it yet, but one of the biggest bars in Southie, like I staked out that bar for five hours. Like, and I kept going in and being like, is the manager in yet? Nope, he's not in yet. Maybe 4.30, maybe 5.30, maybe 6.30. I finally caught him. And uh, he he seemed to appreciate, like, the drive and the just. Everyone appreciates it. Yeah. So, it sounds like we're going to be on their specials menu, which we think is going to be huge. I, I can guess the bar. I'm going to guess Capo. That was a, how good of a guess was that? Pretty easy. So, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, though. I don't want to jump ahead, but I got I to gotta call him after this and just be like, what am I dropping for product? Cool. So. I just had a. What's that? No, I was gonna yeah, that's fire. Yeah. I just had a comedian up who runs a nights at Capo. It's oh, just, really? Yeah, it's just popping. I don't have. I actually want to have the manager up here. He'd be great. He's yeah. seen so much crazy shit. Yeah, no, he's a he's a super cool guy. He's, he's really nice. So uh, yeah, this dude's on his sales pitch. Yeah. <laughs> In case he's listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a great dude. He's a hard <laughs> worker. Um, so is one you enjoying yourself? You having fun? 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world, like I said. No, no, I mean right now. You having a good time? Oh, right now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. we're yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> caught up. But uh, there was... um, How important is marketing Boston first to you as Noka, as a Boston product? Because I, when I look at your branding, it's like very summery mm-hmm. and like festive and fun. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure like you were trying to like nail the cape this summer, but how important is like starting in Boston and growing outside? So it actually worked in reverse. And I think that's because like some bars will tell you like, oh, this isn't what we call an off-prem. So off-prem is like your convenience store. On-prem is like the Envoy uh, restaurants. Okay. So some, it's kind of like a circular problem that you deal with with the new product is like basically some bars will be like, I've never heard of your product. Like I'm not bringing you in right now when your product is something that somebody asked me for that's when i'll bring you in we see it as the founders of the company as the opposite like bring us in let people get it in their hands let people try it and that will drive sales to the stores so it's kind of like this circular debate on how it should be done but we actually because boston is so hard to break into we actually ended up working our way into the city rather than out of the city so what you like started somerville you mean or so we have like if you look at our store map, it's like very dense west, like from Boston west. Um, we have a ton of stores in like South A, which is good. But we haven't really like Back Bay, for example. I'm still working accounts in Back Bay to get us a good spot in Back Bay. But like we're starting to pick up on a couple spots that are like college central. Um, I was like, going to say, is that your, your target market's mostly what? So that that's actually a good question. 16-year-old chicks? Yeah, right, right, yeah. It's all the high school kids. Yeah, no, we, we, um, we <laughs> launched with a target and we were like, oh, you know, it's going to be mostly call it 21 to 32 year old females. That's who's going to love our product. And that really bit us in the ass because we were in like a bunch of newspapers we were on TV in New Hampshire and we had people reaching out being like, you know, I'm a mom. I love your product. That was, or, that was like, probably so annoying. Yeah. Like, or like, I'm like a 50 year old guy love your product. And so we're taking kind of the Tito's route at this point, which is Fire. everybody can enjoy Noka. Like you don't have to be 60 or 60. You don't have to be 21. You don't have to be 35. Like there's no demographic guy, girl doesn't matter. Like what, who's the biggest consumer right now though? We don't, we don't, because we're so far removed from the storefront. You don't even know. We don't have that data. Yeah. It's just, we it's really tough to say. I can tell you from like what we get for shout I'm sure, outs. I'm sure young people. It's, yeah, it's it's young females. What we see mostly from like shout outs on Instagram and stuff. But damn, can't believe you got engaged, bro. Yeah, no, I yeah. was like, hey man, I'm running this pop and alcohol company. <laughs> this would be great. Yeah, we'll leave that to Galen. But uh, okay, so yeah, do you think the business and the sales will shift and change now that summer is ending because it's yeah. such a summery product? And how do you prepare for that? So. Well, the way that we're kind of pitching it is we're going to, we're going to hedge that by using just different marketing strategies. So like our marketing firm's already running fall photo shoots to basically kind of bridge that. I think um, we're going to be doing something with, I think, Witches Woods. So like if you buy a six pack fire, uh, yeah, you get like a ticket to Witches Woods or something like that. So, and we're looking at ski mountains cause not a lot of like the seltzers tap into ski mountains. Ooh, that's a dope idea. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking to do all that stuff. And do you, do you have like fall product, like a new SKU? We, so we're talking, we're talking about it. I don't think it'll come in the fall. Honestly, I think it takes time to develop. Yeah. I mean, we just launched in May, so we just kind of want to like run with what we got Mm -hmm. here. Um, but I think really the difference between this and like call it like a summer shandy is the fact that like, this is a lifestyle choice. This is like, that's like saying seltzers are going to stop selling because it's summer. And granted in new England, the population goes as soon as fall hits, like people just kind of go to Florida, they do whatever, they stop traveling up here. So we're going to see a drop. Obviously lakes region kind of shuts down. We're going to see a drop in, in sales in that sense. But we also think that colleges are back. That's going to be a huge market for us. Like yeah, kids were drinking white claws at PC year round. Right. Right. Yeah. That, and, and that's what we think. It's like a, it's a lifestyle choice. Like it's the healthier option on the market. It's also new. It, like it's Yeah. Right. It's like it's something relatively new, a new concept that it's like we we were we really got behind it when we saw it this summer and like take off obviously. Right. And, and next year down the Cape, you could see like everyone on the beach. I'm just I'm just giving a little sales here, mm-hmm. but like drink Noka on the beach. 
hundred percent. Right. But but now she's drinking no Yeah, no, she's exactly. drinking no I'm sorry. I'm just like. No, no, no. It's totally fine. Yeah. 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 Well, I can see a lot of people don't like carbonation, so I can see why. I mean, if you're like, you think about how many beers you drink before you get like bloated and you're just like, oh shit, I'm full as hell. Like, that's kind of what we're going at here. Mm-hmm. Is like, I mean, you'll try it later, but like, you can like shotgun this thing in like lightning speeds. And you can drink two of them at the time you can drink a single white claw because you're not like burping and getting bloated in between. And especially like the female population, if I'm at the beach or even like going out in Boston, that's a fact. You don't want your stomach. You don't want to feel bloated. That's a fact. We have so many people reach out to us too. They're like, you like, you changed my world basically. Like, you know, this is uh, totally different and it's allowed me to like enjoy drinking because they have I can get drunk and not like feel self-conscious. Right. Right. And actually this is kind of like a little sidebar, but the, we had a weird, weird company like reach out to us and I guess somehow, I don't know how this happened. I'm still trying to trace it back, but we had a company reach out and say that the set of the studio for ballers specifically requested Noka to be in fire. Yeah. In the, in the TV show. And so they were like, basically what you're going to get is because it was requested um, from the studio directly. Cause somebody asked for Noka, we'll do it at cost for you. It was like dirt cheap to be in ballers um and it would be in the main character i think it was Dwayne's hand in whatever position and everybody would see noka um and then it was also going to be in is that own, happening still no it's also going to be in an owen wilson movie um wow so we and the, yeah right <laughs> that was actually our choice not to do it um, what i love yeah, wilson yeah no we decided that um after talking to like our advisors that it was just way too much reach like we're in new hampshire in mass like we just didn't want basically our product all the way out in Cali. Here, sorry, let me mute this thing. I'm good, man. Um, See, best you need anything, bro? You doing okay? I'm just saying, you doing all right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we just we didn't want it in people's faces that couldn't buy it. Just didn't really make much sense. Like, yeah, I mean, eventually maybe we. You get were there, nervous. Yeah, I mean, you just don't want you don't want to attract unnecessary attention. Like, let's fly under the radar. Let's build this brand locally, and then. Yeah, you are going to love linking with Mikey Bonkers and Abalk Aliens when I link you. This is so up his alley, and he's going to like market the shit out of it for you. That's awesome. None yeah. Nonetheless, okay, so this is a, a podcast, so we do have to produce some hashtag value. I think mm-hmm. we've been doing a good job, but I'll probably cut this up as a clip. So you started totally kind of hating your job. Seabass, mm-hmm. this is a good one. You ready? You kind of started totally hating your job. You had entrepreneurial aspirations and now you're a year in, right? What is some advice you'd give to people who have a product idea but don't necessarily know where to start or how to bring it to market? Um, that's a great question. I mean, I think what you'll get from most people, like, first of all, like it's all about execution. Like Everybody has great ideas, but like one of my favorite things that like I always thought that I fit the mold of was like a entrepreneur versus an entrepreneur. And I always had all these ideas and I'd be like telling my fiance, like, Oh my God, I got this idea. We're going to do this. And it always came down to execution. Like, are you willing to take the leap? Um, and there's a lot of different like advice out there for how to do it. Like, obviously I just left my job and I think for me and my personality, like maybe not for everybody else, but it would, it needed to be like make or break. Like I needed to like, literally drowned if I didn't succeed to, to get rid of today. And I'm not saying no, cause some massive success. I mean, I don't like, I told you, I don't have, even have a salary, but, um, that's what it really needed to come down to was like survival type deal. Um, I'm the same way. Yeah. Because otherwise I'd be like, I'd go to work, I'd come home. I'd be like, Oh, you know, I'm super amped on this idea. I'd work on it for a few days and then get exhausted by work and then just kind of like push to the side And, um, so I think you need to figure out how your personality functions. Some people are able to do both at once and stay motivated because, but if I was receiving like a constant paycheck, it just wasn't enough drive. I'd be like, ah, well, what if I get promoted next year? I make, you know, 15 grand, 15,000 more a year, yada, yada, yada. Um, so that, that's one piece of advice. I think you need to know yourself. You need to know what's going to drive you to, to actually execute because if you don't execute, then it's just an idea and an idea is pretty much worthless. Um, 
the other thing I would say is you need to like, you need to have your research done on your industry, what you're going to like and why there's a demand for your product and proof behind that. One of the biggest struggles that Noka had from the beginning was we did have a couple investor meetings that we went to and they're like, where's your proof that people like your product? Like, great. It tastes great. I just tried it. Where's your proof? There's a market demand for this. And we had people tell us like, oh, before I would consider investing money in your company, I'm going to need you to do like a 600 person blind taste test, which obviously costs an absurd amount of money to get 600 strangers. And you were like, dude, shut up. Right. Yeah. That's if someone said that to me. I'd be so pissed. Yeah. And so we were, and, and our whole argument was like, there is a major competitor in the market with the same product. Like we know there's a market for this thing. And so we had people who whatever knew it, knew what they were talking about and bought in on us and gave us our first round of funding. But I think that's another thing is just like, you need to have your pitch down. Like it needs to be smooth and you need to know your market and you need to know what's coming for questions. Because if you get blindsided by something like that and you don't know how to answer that or rebuttal in any way, then it kind of looks like they're right. And what you'll find is like a lot of people just think they know like a lot of, they may know nothing about the alcohol industry, for example, but they thought they knew a lot of different things. Yeah. I feel you. But there is, that's once your product's already in development, but you're just saying, Hey man, just to simplify it because the editors will cut up the clip, but you're saying like, Hey, if you wanted to go do it, just got to execute. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's the, the biggest takeaway I've gotten is execute and it's going to be a roller coaster. Like no, Noka is a roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, it's like some days we're down here and then the next day it's like, whoa, we landed this huge account. We the winds are very validating. Yes. I yes. sometimes wish I could shift into selling tangible products because it's much more in front of your face. Oh yeah. You Absolutely. know, yeah, you get to sell I love stuff. selling. It's like fun. Yeah. You know, CBS, you got any questions? So one one interesting thing is I actually don't drink. Seabass mm-hmm. does, so I'm just trying to. Th- is there anything you have? Um, I don't mean to put. You talked about it earlier, but my my question was going to be like, how do you transition? You said ski resorts, but how do you transition from kind of like the summer? Right. Like, and granted, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I only know what you told me about the products so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Do you have other SKUs in development as well, like other product There's ideas? Thoughts. Right now, you have what, like mango fusion, dragon fruit, fu- dragon fruit, mango, watermelon, lime, and chuckleberry. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. Um, yeah. No, I think that like a good example of like hedging the seasonality is Truly. Like Truly does a really good job. If you go on their Instagram, it's like. In the summer, they're at the beach. In the fall, they're out by the leaves. Like, they just kind of like, hey, drink this wherever, whenever, because it is what it is. Like, it's just the product type, I think. Ski mountains, like football, college football, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. That's exactly what we think. So, what do people drink in the winter in Boston? Beer? Yeah. Like, so Lansdowne told me they'll bring on like pumpkin spice or not pumpkin, what is it? Pumpkin head for like two months. And then they'll transition to like a cranberry. So like they were like, if you're thinking about doing a flavor, cranberry would be good for like the fall. But at the same time, from what I understand, like Bonavis cranberry is not doing too hot. But what would you do for winter? I think winter, like Sam Do people still drink Mike's Hard? Is it still popular? Oh yeah, Mike's Hard, like Huge. Mike's Hard and Twisted Tea, still crush it. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think Seltzer surpassed them yet. It will though. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Just because the health, being health conscious, yeah, yeah. dude, ninety five calories. And it's a sweet, the taste. So twisted teas, like, I don't, even, I don't drink those anymore. Like, like back when I was in college, but like they would make me feel like. Oh yeah, you. Not, like, not even in the same way beer makes. Me feel it's like mad like, sweet, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So Noka is sweet. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's it's got a lot of flavor. It's not like it's not like a seltzer. But just from what it sounds like, it's like it's light. It's not yeah. It's it's sweetened with stevia, which is an all natural sweetener. So yeah. I'm familiar with stevia. Also, if you need like a hot dude to model the product, I'm your guy. Man. Right. Yeah, I'll let you up. So. <laughs> My physique is on point right now. Um, with that being said, 
do you have any questions anything you want to bring do you want kind of want to give a plug where to find you yeah so um at drink noca on basically any social media if you want to find our store locator it's there's a link there but you can also go to drinknoca.com that has all of our all of our spots. Actually, Hannaford's as of last week. Any Hannaford, New Hampshire, um, you can you can grab Noka. So how can you? Are you working on that Stop and Shop deal? We have not talked Stop and Shop yet. We're working on a couple others, a couple other big ones. Fire. But yeah, those are a little bit more difficult to get into. I'm sure. Where do people in Newton buy groceries? Wegmans. Whole Foods. Does Whole Foods sell booze? It does. They do. That'd be sick. Yeah. Those are so, those are those accounts are so tough. Like, I'm sure you got to be so health conscious yeah. though too. It's oh, got to yeah, fit no. with their brand. I, I think we'd pass the test in that aspect. I think it's just a matter of like getting like applying, which I think I already have, and then having somebody actually bother to call you and be like, Come dude, in. dude, I got to be honest. If you can market the product as keto friendly, mm-hmm. that is going to be so such a dope market to tap into mm-hmm. because nobody in the keto community can booze because it, there's so much carbs what are restriction the ketos it's low carb you got to go low carb all right so three carbs is low enough that's yeah like you got to be beneath 50 carbs yeah so dude i'll link you with the keto brownie kid too mm-hmm. he'll tell you all about it he's yeah. tapped away and you guys could do some some cross promotion yeah definitely but with that being said this is how we start in the episodes you ready mm-hmm Dude, I'm not going to kill you. Don't worry. <laughs> so you say, hi, I'm Alex from NOCA. And this is my golden hour. Directly after no break. Hi, I'm Alex. And that was my golden hour. And you got such a computer finance brain. I kind of think you're going to execute it perfectly. We'll see about but this. do not let me down. We'll see about this. And Dan, we're going to... After Alex executes well, because I know right now he's thinking about shit. What did he just say? We're going to do video first, then audio. Cool. Hey, thank you for your help. Do you have fun? All right. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> so I just do it, right? Yeah, we're going to slate towards this camera. Okay. Hi, I'm Alex, and this is... Oh, wait. I'm supposed to say from Noka. <laughs> Put your sauce on it, brother, man. Hi, I'm Alex from Noka, and this is my golden hour. Hi, I'm Alex from Noka, and that was my golden hour. That was actually perfectly executed, bro. Probably about like 98% of people messed that up. Well, I messed up in the first round, but. You did great, man.